Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you uh, impress upon us, uh, not by knowledge, not even by emotion, but by supernatural power of your Holy Spirit, what you've done for us on the cross, what you offer to us in life, life in the fullest, both now and forever, because in you the best is yet to come, both in this world, because we can grow in Jesus more and more, and in the life that never ends. I pray that we know more of that today, we know it more through seeing the witness of baptism, we know it most of all by your power and the Holy Spirit that dwells here amongst us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, it's the last chapter of Matthew. If you do not have a Bible, uh, there are Bibles, as I see folks reaching for some. I'm glad y'all reach. Y'all can get a Bible, keep a Bible. Uh, I'm going to read one verse in Matthew 28, and then there'll be a couple verses up on the screen as well. Uh, For all of y'all to know, we're starting out this year a series on prayer. I don't know about you, but I need to pray more. Uh, I need to uh, uh, live more in prayer. Uh, And so I feel like our church does as well. And so we've spent uh, each Sunday here at the beginning of the year uh, praying uh, about different things. Uh, We talked about the power of prayer. Last week, prayers for our city. Today, prayers for baptism. Uh, Next Sunday, prayers specifically for this church, and then prayers for churches and church plants around the world. Uh, These are things that God's convicted me I need to pray for, uh, and as Christians, we need to pray for. So today, we're talking about prayers for uh, baptism. Uh, This service, our baptism service, is, uh, as as you've heard, it's one of my favorite services. Uh, I believe it's it's one of my favorite things that we have uh, incorporated into the life of this church. Uh, and God always blesses us each baptism service uh, with several uh, people who get baptized. Uh, we have five that we know of today, uh, and maybe more, I pray for more, uh, that will be baptized. And I know we've already got several, at least three lined up for Easter. Uh, and that's our next baptism service. And I expect uh, that there will be many more uh, for Easter. And let me say this, you know, a pastor and mentor of mine always said, you know, that when you're saved, the moment of salvation, that's like, it's like ground zero. And before that, you can be at negative 10, negative 9, negative 8, negative 5, negative 3, negative 1, because God's leading you to salvation. And then at zero, you start growing in Christ, 1, 2, never good at math, 5, 7, 8, 9, you know, and so on and so on. And let me say this, some of y'all, I say all this to thank y'all, because some of y'all have walked with people from like negative 20, you know, to negative 10, uh, to negative 5, to salvation. And I want to encourage others of y'all that are helping someone from 0 or 1 to get to 3, to get to 5. But that is the entirety of our lives, and the 0 is the point where we meet Christ and we confess and believe. So we're praying for salvations, and we see what God has done in baptism. So I want to thank some of y'all who have walked with people up to this point, and others who are walking after this point. Uh, let me say this. I talk about seeing a big God. 
Uh, I really, you know, one of my pet peeves is like doing church rote. Uh, is like, you know, what we come to expect. Or doing church is, you know, this is what we know. And the reason I became a Christian, the reason I'm a pastor, is because I, I do believe that God is bigger, not only of any problem or concern or drama or I like to say baggage or deal, but he's bigger than any of the good things in our life. I mean, look, I'm looking forward to an NFL game today, you know, and some of you may be thinking about that now, but I believe God is so much bigger than the things that give us joy. I believe that God is so much bigger than the greatest joys in our life. And see, that song we just sang, I don't know how y'all felt singing it, some of y'all who are Christians, but I know when I'll start singing that chorus, and it happens to me every time, there's a point where, like, I can't sing. So I'm, like, so moved. And it's not necessarily the words. It's not necessarily the music. It's, it's everything together. And so here's where I may be different than some of you. So I believe something supernatural is happening. Okay? And, like, I'm shaking right now because I think something supernatural is happening. It's, it's not me. It's not a preacher. It's not a church. It's not a worship team. It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's something not of this earth, and it's real, and it's more real than anything else. And that's the reason I'm a Christian, not because of today, but I get to experience it over and over again, and I see it in God's Word. And that's the reason I'm a pastor, because it's not fake. It's bigger and better than anything we know, bigger than money, bigger than status, bigger than social clubs. Bigger than travel, bigger than being a good person or being on this board or that board, being a good student, it is life. And so many people need it, and so many people give their lives for it. And I'm humbled and honored when I see people that give it all. And I'm ashamed that I can't. But I say, God, leave me that next step. I'm on 10, I'll get to 11. So, all that say is, I want to share, and it's important, like, why do we do this? I mean, what, what is the deal? Why baptism? Why baptism? So I'm going to start with a verse, Matthew 28, verse 19. The words of Jesus, part of the Great Commission. He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Very clear. So if we're in Christ, we have, we have a mission. You know, walk through those doors. If you're a Christian, welcome to the mission field. If we follow Jesus, he says, go. We like to say it. Chris likes to say it. We talk, it's as you go. That doesn't mean go to India. For some it does. But it means go to your work, to your families, to your relationships. As you go, if we're Christian, make disciples and baptize them. Jesus didn't have to add that. He did baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why baptism? And I really want to quickly, and it's going to be quick because we have the baptism to celebrate. I want to ask why. I want to ask who. Who should be baptized and when. When should you be baptized, okay? Ask it and I'll answer it. Why? To follow the commands of Jesus. Jesus commanded it to baptize. Why? To say we are a disciple of Jesus. So it should be, if we are saved, then we follow our master and we do as he commanded. 
and it bears witness that we follow Jesus. Uh, another verse, I'm going to put this one up on screen. Uh, I love this verse. It's Acts 2.38. It's Peter. Peter, after he has pe- preached a, just a, a, a powerful sermon. And I, I love Peter because I, I think of Peter, you know, some, some folks kind of imagine him like he was a, a drunk. He was definitely hot-tempered. Uh, he liked to, you know, hang around at the, the bars by the sea, I, I imagine. But he was very hot-tempered, and he definitely put his foot in his mouth over and over again. And then something happens to Peter. He's saved, and the Spirit of God comes upon him, and he preaches this powerful sermon uh, to those who have killed Jesus. And at the end, he says this verse. He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter did not have to add in baptism. He could have said, repent for the forgiveness of sins, but he knew what his master had said, and he calls forth baptism. And that very day, Scripture goes on to say, over 3,000 souls were added and baptized, uh, which is awesome, which is, you know, just 3,000 baptized that day, a, a work of God. Why should you be baptized? And I'm saying this for Christians to know if you did not, because some of you have been saved and not baptized. And for those of you non-Christians to know why we, why we do this, literally, not to scare you, but like song and dance, okay? Don't get scared, okay? But anyway, Neil does cartwheels. Anyway, yes. no, he doesn't. He doesn't. I'd love to see that, though. But why we do this, Jesus said it, Peter said it, okay? Uh, we follow Jesus. It shows, I told the kids, it shows his death and his resurrection. It also shows if we are baptized, we are united with him. That's what scripture says. That's what the story says. That in Christ, when you're in Christ, you're united with him in baptism, in death, in resurrection. It also shows, as the kids say, our new life. It is symbolic, okay? It is symbolic of this new life in Christ. And as the water cleanses us, for those of us who do bathe and shower, it washes away, washes away sin, washes away the stain. And there is a stain that we can't wipe out in our lives. And the baptism is showing that Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, washes our hearts. I always say, you know, Jesus saves. What does that mean? You know, people are like, Jesus saves. I mean, such a churchy word here in the Bible Belt, such a Sunday school word. Jesus saves us from past guilt. How many of y'all have past guilt to struggle with? Jesus saves us, present doubt. How many doubt? You're like, maybe not Christianity, but you know, you may doubt your job. You may doubt, hopefully, you don't doubt your marriage. But anyway, some do, but present doubt and future worry. Because as Christians, we really should not worry. I mean, some of the men and women that I admire most, I mean, they've been so changed, so changed. That's how they're able to give it all. He does save us. And I need you to know this, and this is really important because I've talked to folks and there's some confusion on it. Baptism, what we're going to see here, it's important, does not save us. You're like, ah, whoa, 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 where are you going with that? Let's be clear. No work saves us. No, nothing we do saves us. Grace saves us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, to be clear about the gospel, you are saved by grace through faith. So it's not of your own doing. We're saved the moment 
we have faith in His grace. He always offers His grace. The moment of salvation can be a moment. Sometimes we may not even recognize when the moment happened. The baptism shows to the family of God, the church, what has already happened in the life of believers. So those that we will see and witness being baptized, I already believe they're saved. But they are doing this now to show us what God has done in their heart. You're like, well, why should I do it if it doesn't save me? Well, Jesus commanded it. Well, we see it over and over in Scripture. So we should want to. We should want to follow the Lord. It's a joyous thing. It's a celebration. And I believe so much of the physical and the spiritual is connected in the Bible. And this is one of Jesus' ways. Just as there is a physical resurrection, the body was not found. The body ascended. Just so with us, and this is not the sermon today, but there will be a physical resurrection. It's not just spiritual. That we see this in baptism. The physical salvation that has already happened. need to know that. I want you all to know that. God pressed me to teach that, to help you know that. All right, who? Real quick. Who should be baptized? Real simple. Christians should be baptized. Something else that's very simple. That means non-Christians should not be baptized. Okay? We want non-Christians to become Christians and be baptized. But I believe all Christians should be baptized. Another verse up on uh, the screen. This is Acts 8, 12. It says here, But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. A simple verse, you may be like, why are you putting that up there? It's like, when they believed, then they were baptized. So I encourage those who believe to be baptized. When you turn to Christ, we want to celebrate this powerful work of God in your life. We want to see it and celebrate and party. My wife and I were talking, you know, when we were instituting this in the life of the church, we said, and I didn't want to say it in the family time, because Jack was there. But when our kids get baptized, we, wanna, we want it to be a throwdown, a party. And I believe for all your kids and for all your spouses and for all y'all, that's what we want to do. So when you believe, you should be baptized. And let me say this, okay? Giving you, trying to give you more clarity. Should you be rebaptized? Should you be rebaptized? Here's what I would say to that. We see in the Bible, baptism always happens someone turns to Christ. So I would say, if you were baptized and you did not turn to Christ before then, if it was done for some other reason, maybe because, you know, you walked down the aisle because a friend was going down the aisle or something like that, or, or maybe because, you know, old school, a friend raised their hand, or maybe because you felt like you should do this, maybe it would get you in good graces with a spouse. I mean, there are a lot, I've, I know and have unfortunately seen a lot of reasons why Folks get baptized and they hadn't turned to Christ. So rebaptism, there's only one baptism. So you need to ask yourself, when I was baptized, had I turned to Christ? And if you didn't, let's talk. Okay? Amen? Let's talk. Because we want it to be real. We want it to be legit. Last question. When should you be baptized? Okay, in Scripture. And this is not my opinions or anything. In the Bible, it's pretty immediate. After someone is saved, they are baptized. 
Could be that day, could be soon after. Another verse, Acts uh, twenty-two sixteen. They say, and now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. I would say to y'all, why do you wait? Why do you wait? Because there are people who have experienced salvation. And this is kind of an invitation for today. Like if you're feeling that, and I don't hope, I know some of you are. Like what I feel, you know, as I'm singing, and the power of God through his word, through a family. Why do you wait? The, the only reason I would say wait is to talk it out more, to say, hey, I want to I know more. We, look, we have a baptism service coming up Easter, and I know some folks are already waiting to that point, and that's good, and we can talk about it. But maybe some of you have been talking about it and been thinking about it and been praying about it. Why do you wait? Scripture says. I think some folks wait out of fear. Listen, gang, I mean, the Holy Spirit also heals not just sin, but fear. We should, we should not walk in fear. I mean, it, it pains me because I know the people that come in here every Sunday that walk in fear. They walk in fear. It's like, I don't want to spend too much time on the altar because then we'll, folks will think my life is so jacked up. Or, you know, and I, I don't want to, I want to be perfect and as perfect as I can get we're afraid we fear man so much more than we would fear God guilty as charged we are not we are not to walk in fear because we don't have to we are not to walk in fear and the other reason and this this pains me too folks think well I'm really not good enough I'm really not up to you know preacher man or worship man or you know elder or deacon or deaconess or you know I'm just not I'm not there and Peter wasn't there either Paul killed Christians David in scripture I mean not only was he like Braveheart but you know I'd say read you know read about David it's like an exotic thriller you know I mean seriously like you know adultery then kill you know it's crazy these men Mary Magdalene prostitute okay Man, Holy Spirit heals. God's ready to go to work on you for you to go to town for Him in your life and in the world. And it happens immediately, and I say, why wait? Why wait? So I want to close today, and uh, I hope that helps a little bit. Why we baptize, who should be, when you should be. And all of that is, is good, but... The real deal is what you're going to see. So you'll see it, but I want to say this, and I've never said this. You don't hear what I say to those being baptized. You're going to hear the testimony in just a moment. But you don't hear what I say. That's the only, that's the only bum thing that, you know, we're part of everything, but you can't hear it. So I want to tell you what I say to those being baptized. And hopefully what I may ask some of you one day soon. I say... Do you repent of all sin in your life? And they say, I do. And I ask, do you believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he died personally for you? And they say, I do. And then I say, tell me your full God-given name. And it's my honor to say, I baptize you in the name of 
Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And there is something, before I read these testimonies, I want to say this. Often we make it about, and again, guilty as charged, our name and our story and the work God's doing in our story, in our life. It is personal, but we make it a little too personal sometimes. And it's kind of like your name is being overcome and overwhelmed by the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just as the name of Jesus covers us, covers that stain in his whiteness. That's how I want it to be about his name. His name over my name. His name over your name. And I love you, but his name over your name. So before I read the testimonies, I, um, I was moved. I love the old hymns. Chris and I often talk about the old hymns, but uh, Blessed Assurance was on my mind and heart this week. And just for all of us, I just want you to hear these words. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We're assured. You can't lose your salvation, your baptism. Assured. What a foretaste of glory divine. You'll see a foretaste here in a moment. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. That's why I love this. It's because this is a person who's saying, it's your name over my name. It's your story over my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Again, hear these words. Perfect submission. Submission, not a word we really like. Then he says perfect delight. I love that. In submitting, there's delight. Visions of rapture. Burst on my sight, angels descending. We believe that will happen. I believe it with all I am. Bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching, waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. In baptism, We submit our name to his name and we find the rest we're looking for. And then there's an expectancy that until he comes again and he will come, we watch, we wait, and we serve him with all that we are for his name. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your story, for what you have done for us. You've you've saved us. Uh, I know there's some troubled hearts here. I know people come in here walking in fear. I know people come in here walking in concern. I pray the testimony of worship, of your word, of united in baptism, ministers to us, but not just ministers, that that people are changed. And I'm not just talking and praying for those getting baptized. I know they've been changed. But for others here that would submit to you fully, say, I give my name to you, Jesus. I give my story to you, Jesus. And in our submission, we find delight and rest. That is the gospel. May we know it now as we witness these stories become your stories and these brothers and sisters united in baptism with you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, now a couple things real quick. Those who are getting baptized, y'all can step out. There are gonna be some deacons that are waiting to take you back to uh, get you ready. I do always uh, ask and invite uh, for spontaneous baptisms. Um, we've had a couple. Let me say this, you know, because I believe in what we call human depravity, 
and that stain and that fear, you know, I'm always not as expectant because folks would be like, you know, you know, I'm afraid to walk up. And I would just say, man, I mean, Jesus has saved you. I mean, if you are feeling led, we offer and we invite for spontaneous baptisms. And just come up. Dr. David Carroll in the back, he's an elder. You can just go right to him. He will talk to you, he'll pray with you, and we'll baptize you. So we always offer spontaneous baptisms every time we do this. I want to read these testimonies to you uh, of these brothers. We always like to do this. I'm not going to name the names, but I will read their story as their story becomes his story. I love this one. It's very simple. It was a normal day, and all of a sudden it came to my head I wanted to be baptized. I want to follow Jesus. A parent writes, sometimes I wonder why God gave me a little boy. A ball of energy and curiosity who often feels so inadequate to raise. There was a time when I rushed him to his dad's office, his medical office, and nothing was wrong. The time when he hid clothes uh, under a rack at Target. I had the whole store looking for him. The time when, uh, and I'm going to say this. They say, you don't have to read this. But there was a time when he decided to pee right into my makeup drawer. You get the picture. Um, <laughs> In quiet times, I love to look at him when he is sleeping and peaceful and ask why God saw fit to give me such a wonderful gift. So when a little guy, my little guy, says he wants to be baptized, I fall to my knees in thanks. A couple of years ago, he asked in the backseat of the car, Mom, how do we get to heaven? Can we drive there? Can we take a plane or spaceship? Is it very far? It was such a sweet question from an innocent boy, but isn't that the question we should all ask ourselves each and every morning? The amazing thing is that the answer is right in front of us, Jesus. Jesus did it all. There's literally nothing we can do to pilot our way to heaven. We just have to love and accept Jesus and hold on for the ride. It is with this I celebrate with all my being the fact my little guy loves questions and is open hearted enough to answer that he is ready to tell the world he loves Jesus. Amen. Another testimony. I've always been a Christian since I can remember. I've always believed. As a child, it was my habit to say my prayers habit I've held on to to this day. Sure, I've fallen off the well-beaten path. We all have, time and time again, grown away from God. He always brought me back. Over the past few years, God has built up my faith by proving time and time again, he always has tomorrow taken care of. I prayed we would find a church. We found this one. I prayed for guidance. He laid out his plans, took me by the hand and showed me. I prayed to feel his presence, to have the weight of stress lifted from my shoulders. I physically felt him lifted away. He made his presence so bluntly obvious that I felt I could reach out and touch it. He made it so clear, and there is no question, I am taken care of, forgiven, loved. I am his child. We are children of God. How awesome is that? I've always wanted to be baptized. I've always felt I could not, I would not be complete until it happened. In fact, every baptism service since I've been at Bellwether, I thought my heart might jump right out of, into the baptismal if my body hadn't been holding it in. But I wanted to wait for the right time, the right place, the right time in my life. The past few months, God could not have made it more clear than the time is now. Another testimony. First Bible verse I learned was John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because of God's love for me, I have chosen to trust him with my life. My favorite verse is Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me. I use this verse as a reminder when I'm faced with tough challenges. A parent's testimony. As a parent, my greatest joy has been seeing my children accept Christ. I strive to live a life of holiness before them and teach 
by example, a walk of faith in Christ. It is my constant prayer that I seek to do those things that are pleasing to God. I am thankful for a church family that diligently helps with this process and grateful for being led to Bellwether. Another testimony. So I've been listening to teachings and was in Sunday school class watching a video and I sat by the window in the first room there. I saw a bird hopping around outside and I thought to myself, I need to ask for forgiveness from Christ. And I realized I was already forgiven for believing in Christ and him dying on the cross for our sins. I accepted him then and there at that moment. I wanted to complete that path in baptism. I've seen what God can do and I believe. And from parents. His sister was baptized in September of 2010, at which time we became members of Bellwether. We have older and younger children. There's an age gap between the older and the twins. I've tried to introduce each of my children to Christ, taking them to church, but ultimately they each have chosen their path and when they would be baptized. We feel blessed to have attended them all. Now he has found his path to Christ. He has accepted him and has wanted to complete the path by announcing it and sharing it in baptism. He comes to church each Sunday, willing to participate and help where he can. He loves watching the kids and helping in the children's room. He attends FCA in school and tries to help others. Many times he tells me his friends are going through things and he helps them. That for me, from a teen, is most amazing, as most of them are insecure or waffling. As parents, we love him unconditionally and are so proud of him. And then the last testimony, and there was a change sent on my phone here. Listen to this. This was sent last night. Dear Pastor Hugh Tate, I love what I'm called that. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve. I can't sleep. Thank you for walking me through this very important day of my life. I know I sent you a short testimony, and I know there's only a few minutes, but please, if you would, read the following about how Christ has worked in my life too. I was raised in a family that always stood up for the right thing, and we paid a price for it every single time. I was in elementary school. My grandfather was taken away. In middle school, my father was illegally arrested by the Islamic Secret Service. I saw my mom and dad pray to God as a kid and later was taken and tortured by a secret service in the name of the same God. That left me confused about the whole idea of his existence and I drifted from believing in him. Despite vivid visions that I had of a presence who promised me freedom when I was captive and despite the fact that he even told me who I was I was so tangled up in trying to survive prosecution that I totally swayed away from him even though he revealed himself so clearly later on I did miss talking to him through those many years I tried to find a church in every city I was living in I would go in and I would root for him but I didn't more than just saying hi to him then these past few months something has changed I never really felt his presence this strongly before he revealed himself to me again. This time through the strength and power that he put in the hearts of his children in their fight against illness and through kindness and grace that he embraced the hearts of his other children in accepting me a total stranger. These were more powerful than anything else and pulled me towards his majestic light. I started learning about him to the point that I confessed to his love and graciousness. I am humbly thankful to be granted the opportunity to now believe in Christ and grow in Christ, I understand my sinfulness and I put my faith in his hands and beg for redemption. I believe baptism is water for the thirsty 
and warmth for the cold. It is the healing for the heartbroken and the cure for the selfish. I have been thirsty and cold. I have been heartbroken and selfish and sinful all at the same time. I believe in his love. Jesus' love gives me peace. Thank you very much, all of you, for what you did to save my life. But it was Jesus that saved it. Powerful stories. They're all powerful stories. Your story's powerful. But it's more powerful when it comes to his story. And that's what we'll see. Let's pray one more time and then we'll celebrate baptism. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you do in lives. Our children, our brothers around the world. God, just show us your power over and over again. And may we believe in you or may we believe even more right now. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.